Are you tired of fighting your air? Constantly lighting candles or replacing air fresheners to mask household odors from pets, smoke, musty basement, shoes, or just stagnant stuffy air, yet never gaining on it? Take charge of your air with an Easy Breathe ventilation system. For over 20 years, Easy Breathe has been providing air exchanges and reducing airborne particles by up to 85%. Right now, receive 20% off your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. Call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. New on Curiosity Stream. How do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production? Could Napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future? And how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the internet? James Burke's visionary series Connections returns for a new generation. Experience all new Connections. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at curiositystream.com. Welcome to High Stakes, episode 39. I'm your host, Neil Orfit. You can find me on Twitter at PlayerQDFS. High Stakes is produced by Mike Lawrence. You can find him on Twitter at AwesomeYo. And we're joined today by a DFS legend, one of one of the OGs in the DFS space. And you probably recognize him. I'd say one of the, one of the first DFS celebrities because he was on com- commercials all over the place after he won a Millie Maker all the way back in 2015. But he's still playing. He's still going absolutely crushing MLB DFS this year. You can find his, his DraftKings username is the Fantasy Bros. His Twitter is at Bobby Gomes DFS. I'm here with Bobby Gomes. Bobby, how are you doing today? Doing good, yeah. It was a long time. It was actually 20, November of 2014. Uh, was no, when that that's when you down. won the Millie? Man, November of 2014. Okay. Yeah, yeah, November the- of 2014. Um, me and my brother just basically on DraftKings for three weeks and win the Millie. We were playing on one account. Like it was, we didn't really know like what it was, right? Like we didn't know what this all was. Yeah. Well, I want to get I want to get into that story. So I, I sent you some of the questions that I asked as I sometimes do, sometimes don't. I sent you a list of like some of the the template of the general questions, but that wasn't even included. Like I do think that I really want to talk in talk about your backstory because it is so unique that you were like sort of sort of a little bit of a celebrity. Like you were in every commercial break all across all across the US at the very least uh, for I don't know months uh, way back in the beginning days of DFS. And a lot of a lot of the top players from that time are no longer playing DFS. The, the majority, I would say, are no longer playing DFS, uh, but you are still crushing crushing it this year. Like I've, I've seen your name name at the top over and over in the MLB streets, which has been fun to see that you are uh, still crushing it. But first, I, I do want to ask you about that username. So uh, it is the Fantasy Bros. Uh, the obviously Im- implication is that you have uh, a brother who does DFS with you. Uh, and of course, I, I watched some of the interviews and stuff. You and I believe your brother's name is Dave. Um, yeah. Is is Dave still involved at all, or tell tell me why why the username and is it still uh, still accurate? Yeah, it's an ode to the original Fantasy Bros. Me and my brother when that whole situation happened, um, we did play like a ton, like go, basically going back and forth. We collaborated on that specific lineup, all that basically, all the early DFS stuff. But for me, it wasn't a 
I, it was more of something that I wanted to kind of follow where my brother had different pursuits and yep. we've been playing like fantasy sports literally since 2000 together, like in leagues. Like I don't have a poker background and I'm not, I don't have a computer science background. I just pl- been playing basically since I was 10 years old, fantasy baseball, fantasy wow. football, fantasy basketball, fantasy hockey. Like instead of playing video games, like that's what I played. So for like 14 years prior to us like winning, like we were heavy, just playing season long stuff. So, yeah. So I got the impression from that early interview that it was it was kind of your idea. Like you were the one who really wanted to get into DraftKings and you kind of like brought it up to your brother. Hey, do you want to do this with me? Is that is that accurate? Like you kind of. Uh, no, it was, to... it was actually the other way around. So it was, oh, Dave. Interesting. It was Dave who uh, he basically knew about DK. Before. I was very skeptical on getting into it. And then the week prior to us winning, Dave finished 11th in the Millie. Wow. Um, yeah. So there was like this under, for some reason, whatever it was, we both thought we could actually win. Right. Like it's weird to say that because the odds of actually, you have to believe you can do it in a sense. Yeah. But then like to go out and actually do it is kind of like, whoa, that actually happened. And then it's just like, we didn't know anything about we hadn't like i said this all these sites schematically are based on poker sites we didn't know anything about this really right like outside of just basically our season-long background which was i think underrated to most people um like we definitely were doing this pretty hardcore for a long time in a different kind of system i would say um season long yeah and see that being season long so Yeah, at the t- time, the edges were obviously a lot different than what they are now. Yeah. Uh, so the ability for someone to do that was a lot easier, I guess. It's still you still have to get phenomenally lucky. Like, yeah, we we had Jonas Gray and he scores four TDs. Like, you don't get any anytime you win in DFS. Like, you're getting lucky, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. We're embracing variance. It's gambling. Um, but yeah, it was just it just ha- everything kind of lined up, right? Uh, so is it, you say that Dave had one, so does he have, a, he has his own username or at least at one he point his he own did. user. So this, it was on his username. Like this wasn't on my original, on my original username. Oh, really? So it was not the fantasy bros that won. It was the not the fantasy bros that won. Okay. The uh, yeah. So gotcha. I myself didn't, for whatever reason, I wasn't, I, I like, I didn't have cash to play. Like, this is just something like we're getting right. to play. We both want to play. And I forget what it was. I think I was going through something with a girl and I, he was like, oh, just play on my stuff. Like take your mind off whatever's going on. So we were talking through lineups on the phone and that specific lineup, like we're, I'm building it on his thing. And like, we're basically talking about it. I end up hitting submit. Like it's a Rogers team. That's the one team like hand build that I'll always remember building. Right. Like, right. I built a million teams at this point. I specifically remember building this team. And I think it was, it was Aaron I Rogers. Think, I remember like the whole situation to like down to a T of what basically happened and basically our conversation. Like if, if he never talks about Brandon Marshall, Brandon Marshall never hits that team. I would have never played Brandon Marshall. AJ green was on that. Jonas was someone like we had both kind of pegged he had pegged him earlier in the year my brother's like really good at like spotting rookies and being like he's in all that stuff me at this point i just like to get the information um 
as it kind of comes, you know, how you yep. play DFS, like that stuff doesn't sure. really matter at this point. Yeah. Um, but at the time, like that was cool, right? Like we had known basically how the Pats had played Indy the two previous times. So in the playoffs the year before in Foxborough, Blount ran for three touchdowns versus that same Colts D line. Um, similarly, uh, in the regular season, he had like a two touch. He had like a couple big games versus um, Indy defensive line. Legarrette Blunt did. Legarrette Blunt did. Okay. So going into that week, this was mind you when the Millie was on Mondays. Right. It, it was. So, it was Sunday through Monday. So like it went. It yeah. started at noon on Sunday, but went through yeah. Monday Night Football back then. Yeah. Yeah. So you're basically sweating that situ- like sweating the Sunday and the Monday. Like we were sweating Lev's final drive um for pittsburgh that night but it was more about uh we were thinking we were just trying to, so blunt was out so i think the consensus was vereen was going to be the back but both of us know being avid patriots fans at that time that vereen's not going to run between the tackles bill's want to bill's going to want to keep luck off the field so this is like team watch the game stuff i guess right it's probably valuable in that scenario like everyone kind of shits on team watch but you can get right. edges for sure um and instead of arene i think we played a good bit of jonas on our 27 teams and like 27 teams i was gonna ask yeah because these are the days when you it was, it was, un, it was unlimited at the time wasn't it like you could play yeah, 500 it was, i think it was to. like 27 dollars worth of entry i don't know if it was unlimited they might have made maybe they made rules. I'm not really positive because honestly, I don't remember the timeline exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. I wasn't multi-entering like I, like to the mat like maxing stuff out. I didn't do that till like a couple of years later. Right. Um. But yeah, we they they hit my brother up and they were like, "We want to shoot like you have a good shot to win based on like everything we're looking at. We want to like shoot this at a bar. We'll pay for it." And our family owns a restaurant in the north end of Boston. And we were like, oh, we'll just do it there. Like we wanted to be in a comfortable situation. Sure. Till this day, DK has not paid for that <laughs> that night out, by the way. Oh, really? So did, I, did they I say they were going to? to? Them oh bill. no. Yeah. Yeah, no, they didn't pay. They didn't pay for that. They were so like, that, this guy just want to these guys want to mill you. They they don't need the money. <laughs> they don't need the money. Yeah. yeah. So then we signed, we didn't they told us they were shooting like a documentary. So this so they get away with like free everything here. Like that's a right. it ends up being a free commercial. Yeah. And we end up being like a free promo code. We signed our rights away. Like there's it's pretty much like, yeah, for a documentary, we didn't know we should have had a lawyer there. You know what I mean? Like right. we weren't thinking, remember, we're very green in this scenario. Yeah, right. Um and you're pretty young too at this time. Very young, yeah. Like like and my family doesn't know about stuff like this. Like we're yeah, this is stuff that's way over like our head uh how how old were you when you won the millie i was 24 he was 23 we're not like super young but we're young enough to be that's like, pretty young i mean yeah yeah can't even play till you're 18 yeah so it's just like it was an interesting little situation we're live we're sweating it this is a real sweat it's organic these are like i was looking at the commercial earlier um ended up yeah fine. tambo tambo shared it with us he, he went and found the commercial and shared it with us yeah yeah, which yeah was a good one it was yeah and it was like very very it's a sweat that like you'll never really get that high during that sweat and the lows of it like we didn't want to know aguar was in the back john aguar he handles yeah. vip at dk he was letting us know like when like what we had to watch out for is definitely oh, on at the end yeah um 
And then you're like rooting it in and, and then it happens and it's just like so surreal, insane experience. And then we get a call. They're doing a commercial out of this like in April of 2015. And it wasn't for just like a couple months. Like you had to think like they just did this for free. So they're, they didn't right. pay anything for this great commercial. It scored well on all their like surveys and everything. They, yeah. shot a great, they did a great job in shooting it. And uh, we're everywhere immediately. And it's, it's so fun. It's, it was on like everything. Like it was on the, it was on the suit. I know. I remember Every, everybody finals. remembers <laughs> like the, and it, it originally it was it, the commercial just getting smaller and smaller. And it was, it, it was like Dink, CSU, my brother, myself. And then it just ends up being like me and Dave and then like Dave's name and me. And it just like becomes like a little controversial between the two of us. Cause we're like, hold on. Like this is, you know what I mean? Like, why am I not getting, you know what I mean? Like, why am I not getting the same airtime? And like, why am I, right. why is my name not on there? And it was like, we had a little back and forth about that. That was like a little. Like you were squabbling with your brother or like you were upset at DraftKings? We were upset at DraftKings pretty much for how okay. it kind of like went down. But yeah, we were going at it too, because we were like, what, what is this? Like, why did this, why didn't you say like, we should have, we should have did more to like protect ourselves within the situation, I guess. But sure. like I said, like we didn't know what we were stepping into, and no one really did. Yeah. Um, it was never an issue about money. We split the money, like that was whatever. Uh, but it was just like, and we're competitive too, so it's just, sure. it's, it's just like who's bet, like who who meant more to this, and like right, right. You know what it, I mean? It, like, so, it sounds like right now you're you're giving your brother credit for some of the plays at the very least. Like hundred percent. No, it was all me. I don't like win that. this without my brother. Like, let's yeah. get that straight away. He doesn't win it without me. Like, we're not. We kind of set on this journey within fantasy sports together. Like, this was something. Like when I say, like people say, oh, season long back, and I was legitimately grinding this out, like playing with my friend. Like I'd start all the leagues. I would do all the stuff. Like. I do all the research that I thought was like necessary to like, I don't sure. know, enjoy it. Yeah. I wasn't playing for, we were playing for like side money, stuff like that, but it wasn't like playing daily, but it's still it was something that translates. Right. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I come from the same background. I was a season long player before a DFS player, never a poker player or anything like that. So kind of a similar background in, in some ways to you, as yeah. far as how we got involved, just like, I love fantasy sports. Now I can play fantasy sports against tens of thousands of people and make astronomical money. So, so I get it. Yeah. But it was that, that commercial pretty much like triggered the player pool that we kind of have today, like what they got in trouble for, like throwing as much money as they did behind that. Obviously it's kind of disingenuous in the fact that like they're regular guys, everyone can win. It, it maybe it gives off that spiel to people that that's actually right. what the case is. So I get what the people's issue issues were with that. If you go back, it's a tough commercial to find. But when at that time, like it was not a difficult. No, it was. You just had to turn it on TV. You just had to turn it on TV for like three seconds. It wasn't even 20 minutes. It was like every three minutes on a commercial break. Like we're in there. Yep. Um, Yeah. So they didn't. So they didn't pay you. So they. So DraftKings said, we're going to come out to you. You said, well, we'll host it at my family's restaurant, kind of assuming that they were going to cover the bill, which they didn't do. They said they were covering the bill. They did not cover the bill. Yeah. I, yeah. you should, you should reach out to somebody if you, if you haven't already done so. You should, I mean, no, it seems I'm just, like... I'm just breaking balls. I, they, I'm not upset about the bill. We had a good okay. night that night. Everyone had like a, sure. everyone had a good time in general. Uh, and it's and, a, and you had, you had Aguiar there. 
So I, I was going to ask you if you I, think yeah. that they sent because because they had a date to do it and like they reached out ahead of time. I was wondering if like did they send people out to like the top five teams in terms of like chances of winning? But it sounds like you're probably the only ones that they were. They we were, were in the we were in the area, so it made the most sense. Yeah. Oh, that's also true. I'm oh, just, good point. On the bill thing, I'm just giving Agu- Aguiar now. It's like, oh, okay. He's he's given me back enough. So yeah. All right. Yeah. You're just but but uh but you do I mean you you maybe should have been paid for the commercial I guess at that point you're also just I think like we should have been paid for the commercial if you think about yeah. the promo code that we were like we're literally legitimately a free promo code like I yeah I don't know I would have if I if we had gone about it differently I de- me and Dave definitely would have figured out would have had a lawyer there like I don't know what we were thinking yeah. like, but like I said very young. And, and I think that that was that was probably part of your appeal also is that you did come across as just like everyday do everyday dudes like you weren't just you weren't the like super like skinny glasses wearing quant who's just like he's he's been running the sims there's no way I can beat this guy it was like these guys know sports and I know sports so I if they can win just by knowing sports and I can win sports I think was was kind of the appeal of you guys in particular was just like these guys look like me so like if if they can win then I can win too might be part of the the reason that DraftKings wanted yeah, to hear that commercial over and, and, and over and you see it in all the books if anyone had a guess like who wouldn't be playing in 2024 i me and my brother out of that commercial probably would have been at the top of the list right like that's people even it's even written about in that book like uh dueling with kings dueling with kings like i was, I was gonna ask you about that yeah and i me personally as like a competitor and like how i am like i see stuff like that and i remember people saying like oh he's a fish this that the other and it just that's the type of stuff that makes me like really get going because i that's that's the type of stuff that may all right we'll see you know that's how that's where i want to that's that makes that makes that lights the fire you know and that that sort of came across in so i i read dueling with kings a year or two ago and i have not refreshed myself on it but as i recall the way you came across was you had a little bit of a chip on your shoulder like the, the way he wrote about you was like this young guy won a milli and he's people uh, don't seem to be taking him as seriously as he would like to be taken was kind of the impression that I got from the book. Was that, is that accurate? And, we didn't and, tell maybe. people that, but that's the way I, we both felt like the two of us like felt like, yeah, like we can, I don't, I didn't think that there was anyone. I don't know. And I was probably naive to think it at the time too. Like obviously people had been playing for a little bit. Um, but he's but like, I think, compete I think with the anybody. way people made it sound was not like we understood construction what we didn't understand was like bankroll management to contest selection we didn't have the poker background i think that comes into play huge at that time period um yeah so those were issues like from a player you have to understand like where your weaknesses are at that point that was probably it well not just it but just basically two glaring things that i would have said would have been difficult for us to be competitive daily in that in, in that time period yeah. Um, so, so that book came out a few a few years later, right? It didn't it didn't come out like the same year that you won the million or the next year it came out. I feel like not for at least a couple years it after came the out fact. Like a year afterwards, there was another one too. Um, I was looking it up, and it's basically like 
Between aging and busy lifestyles, many women struggle with maintaining their physical and mental wellness. At Aquavita Concierge Healthcare Services for Women, we can help you revitalize your health and reclaim your life. We start from within by balancing your hormones, allowing your body to achieve and maintain desired weight goals. We also specialize in peptide therapies, regenerative medicine, sexual health, and aesthetics in our state-of-the-art facilities. Feel better, look better, live better. At Aquavita, visit aquavitality.com and begin your journey today. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more billion dollar fantasy oh, and they use like our image and likeness as basically shadows talk about everyone else and this one came out like three four years ago and i'm th- looking at like i'm the only one that's still really playing here you yeah. know what i mean like i don't know why i'm act- they're acting like we're not pl- like i'm still here like i don't know it's kind of an indication like everyone else kind of like is i don't know but I'm um, not like I'm. It, it, I shouldn't say that because Drew and all those guys are still playing. But it's just like, sure. in terms of like, I was looking at people that. Well, I, I think CSU's in it. He was still playing. Like there's a bunch of, yeah. but like, but there are a lot of names from that time period who were like not the like biggest names playing, in the industry. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Like fine. Like do your. I don't know. It's just it's stuff that like isn't really a big deal. But to me, just because of my own personal ego, like I because think, you're competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, but I, I just. I, and that's, I mean, that's, that's often what leads people to success, right? Having a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, like sort of, sort of like the, uh, the Michael Jordan thing. I, I took that personally, like finding little things that upset you to make you go even harder, maybe like to, this is to... something I do all the time. Yeah. Like I literally find every little like edge to like, I remember last summer during MLB, I was like really trying to, there was stuff that I really wanted um, to get done and I was on fire and it was just like. I don't, I'm competitive and I want to step on throats. You know what I mean? Like, right. It sounds like I'm not the best player by any means. I don't, when I'm playing, I think I am. Sure. I think you have You've to. Got feel to. That way. Yeah. Like you have to feel that way. I know I'm not like, no, I'm not. I know like Utah, FJ born, like there's right. a very good BK, like these guys, I can never do what they do. Yeah. But if you don't think that you can win or have that like confidence, and like getting into your process and just like there's no reason to play if you don't feel that way, right? Right. You gotta at least feel like you can win. And and you've been absolutely as I said at the top of the show, you've been absolutely crushing MLB DFS this year. It was funny that the first time you and I talked about potentially coming on the show, you were like, Well, just let me let me get a hit first. I, I just want to win something before I come on the show. And then uh, like six hits later, then I'm like, Hey, by the way, weren't you gonna come on the show after you got a hit? So we, uh, yeah, we scheduled it after you uh you've you've had a pretty hot streak going here this MLB season up there you you and Engelman I'd say there, there are probably a few others who are like in that group of like just been crushing it the, the whole MLB season and Bellman's sh- super sharp oh guy. Bellman yeah yeah good point yeah I was, said, that, I said, who, was that who you said who, who no else? I said uh Josh Josh Engelman has also been Engelman, crushing it. But yeah, yeah you're right Matthew Bellman has also won he's in that same same category of just like winning over and over yeah FJ Bourne yeah two of those guys they always they're always uh Nerdy tenor, aha, bro. Yep. 
they're all ballers. They're very, very, very good. Play. They can do stuff that I can't do, right? Like, sure. Especially a guy like Nerdy. You know what I mean? So I have to work probably extra hard. Yep. Running, running individual sims and stuff like that. Totally, totally different process than anybody else in the industry, which certainly gives you, I do, gives him an edge. I do look at sims, right? But they're just not my sure. own. Right, uh, right. I'm looking at all the sims basically pretty much around the industry. I haven't, I've been doing that since like last year. Um, been running optimals, figuring out optimals since like 2017 when I realized that was important because you have to see the board, right? And that's the biggest thing is kind of seeing the board. Know where people yep. are going based on contest size, projections. For me, that's kind of like where I start. Um, then it's just getting into the deeper stuff that um or finding inefficiencies and in projections, stuff like that. All right. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that a little bit more. I'll ask you more more specific questions as we go. Um still, I mean, so, so we've talked about it a little bit. So so one of your big edges in your Millie was he's a Patriots running back, right? I, I was going to ask you uh, your favorite sports team, favorite athletes and where you're from, all that kind of stuff. You said that you, uh, you, your family owns a, an Italian restaurant in North Boston. Is that right? In the, in the North end? In the North end of Boston. Yeah. Too. Yeah. We, it's basically like the trend, like I'll never be a full-time DFS player because working in the restaurant, like, right. My parents are, my mother's getting older. Like this is pretty much flipping me and my girlfriend are taking control i manage that and then i'm playing dfs i didn't this realize that busiest, okay. this is our absolutely busiest month of the year wow like okay. August. so this is like I, like if i'm running errands doing so, so it's 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 there's other stuff that's basically going on to i'm currently a dad of a 15 month old i'm my girlfriend's pregnant also so oh wow okay yeah um, so you're pretty pretty busy these days uh I'm pretty busy. I'm, yeah, I'm very busy currently. And, and I assume then that you grew up uh, outside of Boston or somewhere somewhere around Boston. <laughs> I grew up in the North End. Like I'm a creature. Of okay. I grew up in the city, city kid through and through. Uh, and that, that's uh, if if I remember, that's like Little Italy in Boston, right? Is in the North End. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so, so, so a lot of our, Italian restaurants out there. Okay. Yeah, the whole neighborhood is all Italian restaurants. It's pretty much the Freedom Trail. It's on the everything's on the Freedom Trail. Yep. You can walk everywhere. It's, it's a lot different than the rest of the country, I would say, in that regard. And, and in that sense, so you're you're from that area, and you are a Boston sports fan. I hate to love, I mean, love to hate Boston sports. <laughs> I would say. I, I'm like an old like the Brady's, Manny Pierce. I love those teams. I grew up with those teams. These teams now, like, I don't feel as much connection with. Okay. I feel like I have, like. I live right near the garden, so I find issue with like the traffic and everything else. And yeah, I, I don't like fun as much as I did in my twenties. So <laughs> you know, those are all those are all Boston athletes when I lived in Boston. Uh Brady, Manny, nice. Pierce. I'm trying to think. I think Pierce might have been like right at the end of no, I think I think pretty sure they were all there. But I lived in Boston from two thousand two through two thousand seven or eight, I think. So that that was like right in the prime of like Brady. Yeah, the, so the Red Pierce Sox won there. their first yeah. The Red Sox won their first World Series while while I was there. The Patriots won. I think they started winning before I got there, but they continued winning after I got there. Um, yeah, so that's uh, yeah, th that was those were the days for Boston sports, and I guess they're they're still looking pretty good, uh, but just not winning quite as much these days. Um, this Patriots right. team is bad, but yeah, sure, right. sure. You you don't think this Patriots team is going anywhere, even even after signing uh, Ezekiel Elliott? I'm not a Zeke guy. Me neither. You don't pay a, you don't pay a premium for him. Aged running back. Now that he's aged, no. 
six million yeah. running back position doesn't seem to be a good idea. Yeah, that was, I, I did not understand the signing, but I'm also uh, heavy on Ramondre Stevenson in best ball. So I also didn't like it from that perspective. Um, uh, all right. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit more about your background uh, and just some questions that I ask everybody, starting with, uh, we'll start with both statistics and computer programming. Let's lump them together. What What is your experience as far as uh, statistics and or computer programming goes? Uh, absolutely nothing. Like literally all the stuff I need to know through like data optimization, I've learned through people that play DFS. Like it's all in regards to DFS. Um that like in terms of stats so like i was i wrote about the when i was a kid like if i was like eight years old i i, I was in a like the newspaper i knew every team's batting order every team's average this is for baseball specifically but pretty much every sport knew every line in hockey like i just knew i was always on like sports information i guess okay and for some reason that was something that i was like very obsessive over um and i think in baseball specifically like just guide home run leaders average lineups like weird stuff that no eight-year-old should be interested in i was right. interested in so you, you have a history of being interested in it uh maybe like you understand statistics but it's just not something that you are formally it, trained it in. sounds very trivial like it's obviously there's people that have degrees and but it kind of set me on the path to find interest in fantasy sports, I guess. Right. So, you know, it's, it's uh, again, similar to myself. Like I have zero formal training, any kind of stats, but it is something that I grew up watching sports. I was always obsessed with these stats. And then once it came to fantasy sports, like it was like, Oh, fantasy points per game, like those kind of things, like you would have those basic stats. And I was like, always looking at those, like, okay, how have those updated things that seem so like insignificant now or so significant to me as a kid, Yeah, just kind of leads yeah. to being interested in different types of stats as we get more uh, more advanced into this stuff right yeah. and then uh and then computer programming uh you, you also don't have any particular background in computer programming no not at all uh wish i did same thing with stats could have used a couple more stats classes in college uh or just took any but um yeah i i i neither no real experience okay uh but you you know some people that we we you you wrote about this a little bit that you uh you, you know some people who are involved uh, a little bit more in computer programming have you like brought it into your process at all like do you do do you run your own kind of uh you know optimizer or anything like that um i i know how to use an optimizer like through and through pretty okay. much i can use pretty much everyone in the industry um one of the things about being on that commercial like i ran saw hill at the time was like the number one player yep found out he lived like five minutes from me so like a year, like after we won, I kind of talked to you about this uh, previously, like after that NFL season, we didn't play. I didn't play. I didn't play DFS till like a year and a half afterwards um, trying to figure. Then when I started like really getting into it and that's when I met Sahil, uh, he was kind of like on the way out. I didn't really know that pretty much. I would just go over his house, hang out. He lived. In oh, like, really? He lived. He lived in like Rondo's apartment. Crazy view. Oh, funny. I was a great kid. I know there's certain people in the industry that whatever there's stuff that ha I don't really know the ins and outs, but yeah, it was, well, he, he it was, was like, also featured in that book that you were uh, dueling with Kings. Yeah. I, I knew I had a, I knew how good he was. So that's one, one thing that I'm very assertive of in terms of like when I'm playing DFS is realizing who's smarter than me and listening to them. Right. 
You know what I mean? Like in yep. trying to learn as much as I can. I think a lot of people, they, they'll get stuck in their own thought process and your process should really be ever changing. Right. Yep. Um, and it doesn't matter like day to day, how good you are at DFS. Like even a guy like you to have to figure out, like put the work in during the day, maybe doesn't, I don't know. For me, I have to put the work in, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or else I suck. I need to know what's going on or I it, like that's how I see it. Like if you don't put the work in, so finding out the process to put in that work that you need to do. So I would, I didn't ask Sile too much of a fantasy cruncher or a data RotoQL or whatever he was using at the time. But I remember just paying attention to little things. One of the specific conversation was talking about like line movement in, in an indie Cincinnati game and just hearing like his thought process. That's just a particular one I could remember. Yeah. So are you, um, are you still, uh, do you still talk with Sahil at all? I don't. I don't. Okay. I, I, I wish he'd hit me up. I, he's he was a good friend of mine at the time. Yeah, kind of a kind of a ghost of this. Well, he was like all over the place, winning winning everything for years. And yeah, I, I haven't uh, seen the name in a while. And I know he he's the one who I think he borrowed somebody else's name, uh, Max, Max Delury, right? He's the one who borrowed Max, Max Delury's Dallary, name for Delury. Yeah. Yeah, and and the kid like sued him for it, or I don't oh, know. I didn't know that part. Okay, I didn't realize that it went went south that way. Um, I guess I guess he won too much with that username. He probably made that just like as a joke, not thinking that he was ever going to like win millions of dollars using that username, and then it was going to become a thing that people knew. Yeah, I don't think he thought that either. And then it yeah. was just like he he went to Sahel said or whatever. Yeah. Um, and now now your friends, uh, you say that you were uh, you met Mangone. You learned a little bit from uh, from Mangone, and you're also good I learned it. I I learned a ton from Mangone. If you if if anyone who knows Mangone, Mangone doesn't stop talking. So he'll he oh, talks to yeah. everyone, and you'll be and he's a super sharp kid, and you can learn a ton from him if you pay attention. Um, and just from a cash game perspective, and I think you have to understand that for GPPs because, like I said, you need to be able to see the board. You need to be able to run optimals. You need to be able to figure out like how people are getting to the optimal construction, even for like, if you're MMEing or you just have to understand ownership, understand construction. Uh, and he really helped me with that. He was cut from like the hoop um, rice tree, like those cash game right. guys that are just, you know what I mean? And yeah. doing it forever. So yeah, uh, he yeah. was, he was definitely very helpful to me. hundred percent. And then, and more recently, even uh, RBX, it sounds like you're, you're pretty close with RBX. Yeah, RBX, probably my best friend in the industry. Um, obviously, RBX gets himself in a, a lot of situations <laughs> yes, on Twitter he because he's arguing with people that we're also I'm pretty tight within the industry. So it yeah. puts me in like some interesting vines. But you have to get to know RBX. He's an acquired taste. He's a very good guy. Uh, he'll be in the NFL streets. I know. I think he was on the show for his retirement. Was that it? Did he... No, it was before his retirement. It was uh, a, a few months, at least, before his retirement. I didn't know at the time that he was planning on retiring. Um, but yeah, he was. He was on the show. He's actually the only one that we've ever had to reshoot. I actually thought that. I think I actually preferred our my first interview with RBX was a little bit more more fun, more interesting. Uh, and then we had to reshoot it because we we lost the footage. Long story, but uh, ultimately had to reshoot it with RBX. And it was still still a great interview, but uh, it was it was unfortunate. He's a, that we, he's a good we so RBX is like unbelievable. He'll call me at like he's the craziest times of night and just say like the most outlandish stuff. He's just good laughs. My my girlfriend is friendly with him. Like it's, he's a good time. Um, but yeah, learned a lot from him. Very terms like I, I was using Fantasy Cruncher a lot of the time. Um, and yeah, he basically taught me the ins and outs of that. Talked yeah. about 
like game theory, very sharp guy, good field player. Um, what, like, I don't know if a lot of like everyone's very projection oriented. I'm proje- I'm very projection oriented oriented too, but yeah. I'm tr- I'm trying to like also I play my feel as well. I think that's something you can't kind of get lost. And I know the age yeah. of this whole situation is very technical, but I still think like there's a gut aspect to everything too that you kind of yeah. play. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I'm. Um, this is this is the uh, the first time that I'm I have uh, access to your. So I, I sent you the questions and you took some notes here. So I'm like I'm I'm bringing up some of your notes here for some of the the questions that I'm asking. So uh, maybe, maybe you were gonna skip over the the talking about RBX and stuff. But I think it's interesting. Like I didn't like I, I wouldn't have known that you were close with RBX outside of. You you brought him up in in DM a few months back that like we talked about RBX briefly, but then also seeing it here. Like I don't think I've ever seen you guys talk publicly, so uh, I think it's uh, just just talking about like the the little friendships that exist within the DFS ecosystem that aren't necessarily like tied to any kind of work. It's just like you got to know each other. How how did you meet RBX? I just reached out to him. I I forget he was crushing, and I wanted to learn, and he was willing to talk, and he was very helpful. You actually had him on a pod. Now, now I'm I forgot about this. So wh- before I had RBX on high stakes, I was looking up what other content he had done just to like see you know find some new questions. And he had been on a pod with you. Yeah. So maybe he was on a pod that I did or trying to do. I think I tried it a couple times and just was like, oh, this is too much. This is a lot of work doing content, right? Like, yeah, kind of work. So, uh, but yeah, no, we we were he was someone that I like grinded every day with for the longest time when he was playing everything. And uh, yeah, just be on the phone with him five o'clock starts or three o'clock whenever I get, I would always try to get in early cause I need to get as much work in as probably most. Um, sure. But yeah, five o'clock, he would hit me up. We'd talk, talk through slates and stuff. So that was always cool. Let me take a minute away from this conversation with Bobby Gomes to introduce you to Stochastic's latest innovation in the world of daily fantasy sports, MLB Sims. It's just $180 per month. It's a cutting edge tool set to revolutionize the way you approach lineup building. With MLB Sims, you can now simulate lineups against each other thousands of times, unlocking unprecedented insights and in-depth metrics that enable you to identify the best lineups. This tool is unlike anything currently on the market. Simply upload a lineup CSV and with a click of a button, simulate the upcoming slate thousands of times with Stochastic's proprietary MLB simulation technology. Again, it's just $180 per month. You'll be able to easily determine the best stacks, individual players, and lineup constructions that lead to high ROI lineups. Check it out today. Um, all right. Uh, getting, getting back on track to my, my original questions, I've, I've strayed a little bit, but, uh, tell me about your professional background prior to DFS or any related hobbies. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season. Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com 
slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Some people don't think horses and people communicate. We call those people not horse people. Not horse people don't know you and your horse share a unique bond or that your horse knows you know they like your dogs. But not so much the barking. At Sentinel Horse Nutrition, we don't knock not horse people. We're too busy focusing on horse people's horses. With extruded nugget feeds for exceptional nutrition and formulas for every need, our wide choice of feeds makes it easy to find the fit for your horse's health. Find theirs at feedsentinel.com. Yeah, I was in college and I was a waiter. Like I didn't, I was going to school for calm. At I your parents' like restaurant? The commercial, I was going to like do something with that and it just never panned out. Okay. Um, yeah, I, it, nothing ever came of that and just working in the restaurant and basically playing DFS, you know? So you, you were a waiter at your parents' restaurant at the time. Yeah. A waiter. And I graduated to manager. Now that everything's kind of transitioning to where I'm, uh, the head honcho, I would say. Nice. Um, so, yeah. so, okay. So you didn't really have any kind of, I mean, I, I guess we talked about like you, you were very involved in fantasy sports. So like, I guess that is your, so your like, hobby yeah, related. That's the it. thing is like that as a hobby, like that was, I'm, that is literally like from a 2000, 2001 is when I started playing and e- doing ESPN drafts, started fantasy leagues with my friends. Like these were, I didn't play video games like kids did. Like I played yeah. season long fantasy. Like I wasn't into that stuff. Like I wanted to play fantasy sports. I was playing for 14 years before we won anything like for DraftKings is around like that, that I was playing for a long time. My brother, same thing. Like him was, we were in, we played every sport, every major sport, our friends, like this is all we did, you know? And then, uh, so I think we have, I, I have a general sense of the time frame, but like approximately when did you start getting involved with DFS? Uh, and it sounds like what drew you in is just that you were already super obsessed with fantasy sports. So it was the na- natural progression. Yeah, it was the natural progression, but it didn't start till like a year after we won because it was just like NFL. And then I was just like, can I actually do this? Because in retrospect, like if I just started and we didn't win, I wouldn't have been winning money. I would have been losing. Right. Like, right. I, I don't think I would have been able to make the transition. Um, but then as, as other people started to do it and I started to hear about it and obviously like I'm in the circles, be not like necessarily in the circles, but just around it because of the commercial, the commercial was like playing nonstop and, and everyone's like, do you See, play? <laughs> My friends play every night. And I'm like, ah, oh, I just play season long. Like I, I, it was just stuff that I didn't know if I wanted to, Cause I didn't want to be the lottery winner that gambled everything back, you know, yeah. like it's very conscientious of that. Like I bought stocks. I wasn't going to do that. And then when I did learn to play, like I definitely paid my tuition. Like yeah, everyone kind of does. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny to me that you, so I ask you when you get involved in DFS and you don't count like the milli or like prior to the milli that like three week period, that's like, you, you weren't really starting that. I was just like, you're a casual player. You don't really consider yourself as like getting into DFS. Until yeah. Like we were not getting later. into, we were not getting into anything. We didn't know what, like I said, like keep reiterating it. We didn't know what it was. Like we had no yeah. idea, but you won a million, you won a million dollars doing it without, yeah, we so thought, you, you had an idea what it was. We had an idea what it was, but we didn't. So like, legislation was up in the air yeah true there was a lot of stuff we were hearing that i think was a lot of smoke but it was a lot of negative stuff i uh i would say yeah. um 
Well, because there are people lobbying to have it banned. Like people, like there were some people didn't want DFS to be yeah. legalized. So there was a lot of negative spin that, on what DFS is at the time. And that commercial was at the center of it was that commercial was just drawing in people. Like that's this user base that we have today still is probably the structure, but probably comes from that whole commercial montage. And yeah. Uh they were basically it it was like I said, it was up in the air whether it was it was the right way to kind of go about like you don't see commercials sure. like that really anymore because no anyone can win a million dollars isn't the truth, right? So right. um kind of have to know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um all right. Uh, and, and so you, I mean, I, I asked the question, were you a winning player right away? I guess I'll, I'll let you answer. Were you a winning player right away? I, we were, but no, like we, it would have never been like that j- just because we won. And then I don't know, it wouldn't never like it, it, if, it, if that never happens, no, like it's just too, at that That's point, also- been too hard. I think just from like, we didn't understand the bankroll co- management concept. Not like we had gone in and we just didn't play. Like we just totally like we didn't understand kind selection like all the stuff that you need to know was not it wasn't like we didn't take the time out to do that it was consistently no we weren't i don't know i can't really i'm trying to make it so it's i'm trying to explain i feel like i'm losing my train so, so you I, so i think what you're saying is obviously you were a winning player right away in the sense that you won a million dollars right away like so you were you were profitable you, you yeah, won we a lot of money but, but outside we, of that million you're saying you wouldn't have been we wouldn't have a been there's player, no right? way we wouldn't have, we would have been profitable because just like i don't know and we didn't play long enough to find out because we're like all right we're in we're out that's also true of everybody though like if you, if you take away the biggest wins we're all losing players yeah so, yeah so that's it's, uh, yeah that's pretty much the thing but like like i said we didn't start playing like after that nfl like a couple weeks after we won, we won week 11. We probably played through, through, through week 17. We weren't playing. Like we were completely out for like a year and a half. I, the two of us like we had no interest in, not like we didn't have any interest, but like we weren't, I don't know. And yeah, we didn't want to blow back money that we had just won, you know? It sounds to me like you sort of thought DFS might be kind of sketchy. Like you, like you won the Millie. We you thought it them, was 100% sketchy. Yeah, 100%. Which is hilarious because like nowadays it's so mainstream that like it, it doesn't even cross my mind anymore that it is like that there was a time when it was like, is this site going to pay me? Like, and, and of course those sites still exist where it's like, if I do win this contest, am I actually going to get the money? Those sites still exist. It's no longer a concern with like DraftKings FanDuel. Like if you win, you're going to get paid out. You can count on that. But I forget that when you won your Millie, it was still at the period where it was like, there was legislation going on over. There was big conversations about like, is this a legitimate thing? Is this all luck? Is it, you know, I think at this point, most people uh, agree that it's at least th- there is skill involved. Like not necessarily that like skill is, uh, you know, we, there might be disagreement about the ratio of skill versus luck, but I think most people at least acknowledge that, yes, there is some skill involved in DFS. It's not just straight up like, you know, yeah. game, like slots or something. Yeah, we didn't know, like you said, like it's, it was, it was skill. We, what we did understand was it was luck. Like we knew we got lucky. Sure. Like we understood that, yeah, we might've known. We, we were pretty, we knew a lot about, like fantasy sports and obviously that's totally different relative to the structure of that the millie right but like you're building a head-to-head week to week but it's still we knew enough to like put like we we knew enough to make enough educated guesses to put ourselves in a position to get really lucky that weekend um whether that would have been it sustainable along over a long period of time 
if we had just started playing? I don't think so, right? Because I don't think we understood roster construction for a specific contest. I don't think we understood, like I said, bankroll management. I don't think we understood um, just how, yeah, basically con- just con- positive con- positive EV contest selection in general. So, sure. yeah, I don't let think me- over time that would have been the case. So let me let me ask you this question, because I, I had not realized prior to this conversation uh, that you took a year and a half off of playing. So when when did you meet uh, Daniel Barbarisa? Because as I recall, you met him at like some big live final at like, I don't know if it was it was at the Playboy Mansion, one of those or like, but some huge party where you met Daniel Barbarisi. Was this during the period that you were no longer playing DFS? Because I got the impression that you were like trying at that point, like you you had a chip on your shoulder. You wanted to prove yourself at the time of like whenever you met him. So we were trying with that. That was like when we were getting into trying. It was the first world championship qualifier that they ever ran. And they flew everyone down to. Um, I, I think it was uh, the Fountain Blue. And that's what, it was at the Fountain Blue. OK. Um, and yeah, that was that we hadn't really played much up until that time like we finished out the previous season and that was like and even still that year like i don't think we put much like we wanted to get into the qualifier because we wanted to be world champions we thought like that was the next you know what i mean like it was a horrible we're talking about bankroll management strategy this is not a good one (laughs) right i mean uh chasing live finals yeah, yeah chasing live finals out the gate like there you go um but yeah it was just it was pretty much that and like we're starting yeah we just didn't we were so green behind the ears and it takes experience it takes like a lot to just to learn and putting your nose to the grindstone and trying to figure this stuff out um and when we start when i started doing that that's at this point my brother's kind of in school okay he's got, he's got a lot of he's he was a pa so he's got a lot of school and to me that's like man let me like start like kicking this around a little bit um and then it was like the year after that actually that i met sahil and then that's when i started trying to play okay then that's when you're like i'm gonna become serious about this try and do this uh and then at that point like did you try to go pro like i mean i, I guess you've, you've always worked your <laughs> i thought i thought i tried it i thought i was going pro. that's what i thought in my head right like okay uh but no that wasn't the case that's when i ended up paying a little bit of my tuition back right like that's okay that's so you, yeah i was playing nfl and i was just terrible and i was just, like how do i figure this out uh, and i'm sitting in the room with sahil and he's he was crushing some weeks and i don't know what his situation was but he was also i don't know going in out whatever um he was also living in really, rondo's really, building and so it might have been paying more in rent than uh than most of us yeah he was playing 10k a month for Jesus. that apartment uh yeah. So, yeah, it really changed for me when I met Mangone. That was like, because then I started trying to focus on one team and it was more what I had like originally like playing fantasy sports where you're just building one team and you start understanding projections, start understanding how to use an optimizer, you start putting stuff together. And that's where I'm like, I think I can do this. And I wasn't great at all. Like I wasn't but I was profitable enough. And then that's where it kind of started. And then basically thinking about then RBX came in and like, I started MMEing because I had that I feel like my mind's always been kind of 
basically geared toward that, I would say, but toward, toward large field tournaments. Guilds geared toward like using an optimizer and hey, I'll build 300 and then like pick my favorites, right? Like Okay. Um my mind has always been like geared toward like building, yeah. I guess building for tournaments, not as much playing like the cash game style. Yep. I'm trying to be uh contrarian. What was one of the questions? Would you consider yourself a what was it, advantage player or what it was one of the Yeah. So I think uh I asked if you consider yourself an exploitative player. Were you taking advantage of player. other for people? For me, yeah. Sense? Like I'm trying to feel like I want to see the board. When I think about contests, if I'm paying up, I know I'm pretty much on who's using what projections or what projections are going to be prioritized, thinking about ownership, thinking about how I can circumvent ownership. Yeah. Um in baseball, I think baseball is the purest form of like fantasy sports in general or DFS or whatever. There's so like projections in baseball are so far behind. Yes, don't get me wrong, projections in this industry are the best they've ever been. But I think like there there are still tweaks with baseball that I think people miss out on. Um I I think that there it can be leveraged, especially if you dig deep. Uh like I'm in played IQ a lot, I'm on fan graphs a lot. Um I'm looking at projections a ton. Um Okay. But yeah, that's that's pretty much how I kind of approach it. So in in which sport or sports do you think you have the biggest edge then? MLB, PGA, I like to MME like if I, even if it's like UFC like I'm fine. My my like worst sport on the other side of that is NFL, but it's more of a contest selection situation. Okay. Cuz like you're playing if, the Millie. <laughs> No, I don't think the Millie's a bad, like, yeah, the Millie's a bad contest, but like, I, I don't know, maybe it is. Maybe I still haven't, but I chase cues too much in NFL. Okay. Sure, yeah. I won't be chasing cues. Um, just because the two million and like, yeah, I want to win. I would rather win, like, I want to be world champ, right? Like, that's right. The, sounds cool. I mean? It sounds yeah. cool, but like, it's really just another week for that person. Yeah. Sounds sure. great, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, that was so, so like that's I'm an NBA. I'm like baseline. I don't do the I, I should be more I feel like a guy like Petty's like digging through minutes like Petty's definitely has like every. Like, I feel like he'll figure out like the minutes around the industry and then he has like like situations where the projections around the industry are like three minutes. Off. Yeah, I think for me in baseball, that's kind of like what it is, I feel like. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I don't have that at all in baseball. I just use the projections as they are. I try to run a bunch of unique kind of combos of, of teams and stuff. Uh, so that, that's interesting for me to hear you. Maybe, maybe I need to dig into the, the weeds a little more because this year has not gone well for me. I've had years in the past where what I do works great uh, this year. I have not had quite the same success in baseball that I've had in some past years. Um, but for, for NBA, for sure, I, I think for sure, I'm like, man, maybe this is the year I'm going to just get dig into it like Petty does and spend hours trying to figure out where the rotational edges I, are that I feel like I have to do more of that in NBA. I don't, NBA to me is like, I don't know. I feel, I feel like I'm a very baseline guy. Like I can have some winning days, have some losing days. I don't know, but I feel like I could be better at the end of last year. I was better. Um, I was using a different set of projections. I thought they were a really good set of projections. Okay. Uh, yeah. You you switch things up towards the end of the year. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's uh yeah, NBA. I, I still think of NBA as being my best sport, but uh results definitely would would tell me that it's NFL. 
Um, all right, let's talk process a little bit. Uh, so do you do any simulations or use simulations from outside sources at all in part of your process? I'm looking at every, all the sims. Like I look at Osmo sims. I look at Saber. I look at the bats, like the, the sims of the bat has. In terms okay. of like building my own sims or no, that'll never be something I can do. Um, sim for contest, I think is super important, which I don't know. Does Osmo's? Really sim for content? Yeah, it does. So yeah. Yeah, so, yeah that, that's a new thing this year. So we, we came out with contest level sims this year yeah. for the first time. Yeah. So size contests and stuff. Um yeah, I'm looking at that just to kind of get construction ideas and where I need to build for MLB. Uh and you you mentioned that you uh you use fantasy cruncher at least for some sports. Are you you typically I, use so an I optimizer? Use, I use FC for NFL. I use FC every day, but I use it to like basically like load in projections and just look at stuff. Uh, Rotor Grinders is the one I use for MLB. Um, it's the one I use majority for uh, MLB. I'll use it for some, like I use different things for different stuff. Uh, Fancy Cruncher NFL Showdown, I'll use Saber. I think Saber is interesting for show. It's just like very seamless. Uh, yeah, that's pretty right. much it. PGA, I'll use either rotor grinders or fantasy cruncher, depending on like what I'm, I don't know. I just, I'll just switch off. It doesn't really matter. So you mix up which, which optimizer you, is it just like which, which optimizer you're most comfortable with for different sports is essentially what it comes down to. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and then, uh, do, do you create your own projections from scratch? No, I don't, but I, you can make enough inputs in an optimizer to where, I don't know if that like, that's like the right answer i doubt like if i if brick was next to me he'd probably be like you're doing it that's not correct wow. like none most of us can't be brick like we can't do what yeah. brick does i think but uh yeah i can make enough bumps to where like or just or groups or just things that i think get me to where i want to be but that's the that's where there's always going to be the drop off between me or a guy like whistles or guy you know what i mean like right stuff i can't do the like the the guys who have the like math backgrounds or or like programming backgrounds like yeah they have advantages over guys like us like they certainly they can do things differently so we we have to uh to find our edges elsewhere and it sounds like you have a similar you have a similar process to mine uh so we have similar background also similar process we're like yeah we're not trying to do our own projections we're using other people's projections and then trying to find little micro edges here and there where we can bump projections uh just to get more or less of players according to you know what what we think uh maybe we can find a little edge so it sounds like you're you're not actually that different from myself in terms of the way you play uh and it sounds like you you, you also don't do your own ownership projections no i just find sources i like or i'll aggregate depending on like my time situation uh but no i don't do, I, I don't do my own Got a question from Alex K14 on Twitter. He says, can you please talk about how much you prioritize projected ownership in your player pool? And if it's different for larger and smaller contest sizes, I, I play a tight pool, get over on the guys I like. Um, and yeah, it definitely is. It, it definitely is different. Um, higher floor guys are going to be used in smaller field tournaments. They're going to be more popular. Uh and sometimes, like, sometimes you just have to play the good plays, guys. Like, that's literally, I see stuff on Twitter where everyone's, oh, fade this guy. And, like, don't fade everyone. Like, that's your, that's like the, you have to play people. Like, there right. are guys you have to play. I think one of the next questions has to do with dupes. And, like, I don't want to get zero dupes because that means I'm, like, totally off the board. Like, I want some dupes because it tells me, like, I'm 
on the right path. Like, yeah, I'm trying to be different in my GPP process and trying to do things differently. I don't want to be overduped, but I don't want to be underduped either to a point where I'm just not where I should be. Um, sure. Too far, like too far off the beaten path, I would say. Yeah. And I, so I'm, I, I so the, the way I would say that is like, I would prefer to have zero dupes, but I also like, I want to make good lineups. So it's like, it's a matter of like, yeah, if I could make the really good projected lineups that don't have any dupes, that's great. But like some sites, that's not possible. So like, it sounds like you're, you're like, yeah, you're, you're going to try to avoid being extremely duplicated uh, within like trying to make good lineups. And I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this very well, but I'm, I think that I'm on the same page as you. Like I, I try to avoid dupes, but like, I'm also not going to go for zero dupes if that requires making shitty lineups. Is that kind of what you're that saying? That is like, exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> right? That is exactly what I'm so saying. Like, yeah. So similarly, like we're, yeah, I'd, I'd love to avoid having any dupes, but like oftentimes that would require making bad lineups. So yeah, I'm hundred percent with you uh, on, on that. Um, uh, d does your strategy differ for showdown versus main slate? Um, I don't play a ton of showdown outside okay. of NFL. Uh, but it's similar, but it's also a different game style. For me, it kind of differs, but I still have a tight player pool. I'm still taking overweight stands on guys I like. Um, this year in NFL, I'll definitely be super condensed. I, I, I feel like when I started, I was trying to play six QBs. That's what Sahil had advised me to do. Uh, in terms just like of find six QBs for the, for like a main slate and then just only play those six. Don't, don't yeah. use anybody else. Interesting. Just find your six QBs in your 150, stack them up. You're double stacking the majority. Um, there are times when single stacks can't there in those large field stuff, but very rarely. Um, you want to be, or just understanding, not very rarely, you want to be understanding who you can double stack versus who you can single stack, right? Like you can right. get away with um, single stacking a Lamar. Right. If on the other side, like you have a high, a Mark Andrews or something like that and still ship. Um, but some of these statue quarterbacks, you want to be double stacking. Did you, uh, did you stack when you won your original Millie? Was that a stacked lineup? Yeah, it was Rogers, Cobb, Nelson, three TDs from literally no two TDs each from both Jordy and Cobb. Oh wow, okay. So yeah, you were first the it, two. I at that point, that. I would assume that not everybody was stacking at that point. Like that wasn't even like a like. No, it wasn't even a thing. That was something we actually talked about on the phone. Like we were like, you're probably going to need. It's not going to be like a single stack or like we understood what's what's like how, what a stack was in contrast to like just saying like if it was just like obviously in in season long you're not really going for a stack but you always like if you're if your QB stacked up with a receiver right that was just like a simple math thing where like you might want two receivers in this contest with a hundred thousand people attached to your QB right, um, right. and Rogers was the man is the absolute man apparently yeah never never been a huge Rogers fan as a Vikings fan Never, never loved Aaron Rodgers, but uh, certainly has been great for a long time. Uh, so in that sense, yeah. Um, do you sweat the games? I did originally, like I still do, but even my cut, like I was at a family party when I took first, second and third in MLB a little this while earlier this summer. Yeah. And uh, my cousin was like, like, you don't, you just acted like you didn't even win any money. And I'm like, I've been 
you pretty much experience like every situation you do this long enough. Right. Right. Uh, so yeah, I'm desensitized to a lot of it, which stinks too. Like I hate saying that because it's kind of like, I wish I, I you want to like get that. You still get it a little, <laughs> but like, how are you going to get that high back, Bobby? You got to win like 5 million now to get that same high. I don't even like the first one was, it was great, man. Like, it's just like, there's nothing like that first GPP takedown for any, I don't even think it matters. Like the dollar amount. It's just like winning. You get it. I love the, I, I like to win. Um, but still it's not as it's, it's never as good as the first time. Right. Yeah. How, how could it be? Yeah. Um, how, how do you see the DFS landscape changing going forward? I think I have a different take than most people. Like, yeah, AI can come in and totally destroy DFS. But I do think they're the other side of it is like DFS is going to be around. Like it, the D DFS doomsdayers have been around forever. And yeah, sure. it's, it's getting harder. It's getting harder, but you have to kind of adapt and play and it's the game for everyone else. And I like competition, so I'm not really complaining. Like I want to, I don't know. I want to be the best when it's the hardest, right? Like if you want, if you really want to do this, you want to be the best when it's the hardest. Like the, the 2014, all those, I'm very respectful, like the industry history, like sure. Sammy Noel, first millionaire winner, CSU, first live final Millie winner. Like I can name, and I mean, I know all my stuff. Like this is something that I've, it's been a part of my life based in, in so many different ways that I really care about this stuff. And I hope it continues. Like, I don't want to see it go away. Um, same, same. It's something I really care about that isn't like, I have a respect for all these content guys, these guys going out grinding it, like whatever guys playing every day in the streets or just playing or whatever. The first guys, first day hopping in, you know what I mean? Like I, I love this game, so I don't want to see it go away. You know what I mean? I'm, agreed. It's, it's been, yeah, a big part uh, of my life. Also, I would, I'd be sad to see DFS. And I, I think I'm with you. Like, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. It's going to continue getting harder. It might get to the point where it's like almost impossible to beat the rake if everybody ends up using Sims and stuff. But I still think there is just going to be different though. We're going to have to find different edges as things change. Um, but yeah. I think that you're still going to be able to find ways to potentially win. Yeah. Um, got a number of listener questions for you. I'll, I'll rapid fire them, I guess. Uh, Alex K, uh, followed up. Did you buy a Zeke jersey yet? Oh, and I, I was going to ask, like, what does that mean? I guess it's because he went to the Patriots. I'm out on Zeke. Out. out. Okay. Completely no, out. No Zeke jersey. I was thinking he was asking about it because uh, because he was part of like one of your winning lineups or something, but I, I just realized, oh no, it's just because he signed with the Patriots. Uh, Ike Jernigan asks, what do you eat when you perform your best? Yep, big pasta guy. Doc says I need to cut down though. We're again, <laughs> again a little stomach. I actually been trying to fast and stuff. Fasting, terrible. Don't do it. Yeah, it does not very, appeal to me. Very hard. Um, harder than DFS, I would say. But yeah, I, I, I have been, I'm a big pasta guy. I mean, you work in an Italian restaurant. Like how could you not be, how could you not be a big pasta? Do you, do you usually just eat at your restaurant or do like you, do you go to the neighbor neighboring restaurant sometimes? Me and my girlfriend like to go out and like eat good stuff. Okay. Uh, I, I try like, I'm like in terms of Italian food, like I said, pasta is my favorite. It is my favorite, but like you get sick of it fast when, like you're having it every day. So sure. Yeah. Um, All right. We go so to a lot not, of different places. 
so you're not just eating it feels like you could like set up a you know like a community thing with the, with the other north end restaurants like hey we'll we'll give you we'll give you guys food this for lunch today you give us food tomorrow i don't know seems there's just stuff like that mix goes things on up. like that yeah there's yeah. stuff like that, yeah all right all right everyone's wailing and bailing uh shrek asks what time and day you want to grab a drink this weekend so apparently i know shrek is originally from like he's a big boston sports fan i know he's from he's that from area. mass right yeah yeah yeah, I I I said Friday night, but now I'm thinking about like my what my schedule might be Friday night. It would have to be probably later in the night. I'm de- definitely down to grab beers or trick. All right, yeah, I guess you'll you'll have to figure this out over DM because we're also recording on Wednesday, and this is going to come out on Friday. So, uh, sorry, Shrek, going to have to answer this privately, I guess. Um, Riz Martinez asks, uh, how do you balance your time throughout the day and also scheduling when it comes to planning out your lineups? Yeah, this has been harder with a 15 month old. Uh, sure. I usually get up and I'm grinding, looking at specifically for play. I'll start, like, look at plate IQ, run like first run of projections, look at everything, see where the industry's at, certain stuff, and start digging, digging into my own stuff, doing research. Two o'clock, I'm back at my house. Um, I'll take like a little break from, I don't know, work from like eight to nine, then I'll take a little break. Go to the gym, take some time. Two o'clock, I'm back in front of my desk. Continue on the stuff that I was doing earlier. Rerun projections, see where everything's at. Run some sims, yeah, in the sim streets. Uh, and then, yeah, pretty much, I don't know, just get into the research. Make sure baseball lineups are coming out. Make sure I'm on, like making adjustments to lineups that I hadn't looked at previously. If new guys are in or the expected lineups different, I have to go back in and like look at how these, how certain guys fit in um, late IQ or versus certain pitchers or how certain pitchers are going to do and stuff. Oh yeah. And then it's just like building teams, building my groups up to lock. So it's pretty involved for you. I mean, it's not like it's uh it's not just like a 20 minute process for you. It's a multi-step no throughout the day kind of process for you building your life it's never gonna be that for me like that if it is that i'm in a lot of trouble all right uh tyler tambaline asks uh i was actually wondering if bobby Longlocks was staged was that your real hair it was my real yeah it was my real hair tambo's being a being a ball buster there he's my guy though i wish it was t i wish it was staged it's funny because you you don't actually look that different than you did back then, other than the hair. Like if you just threw on a wig, I feel like you look pretty similar to how you looked, however many years ago. That what was that was like nine. I'm years a lot ago more. Now. I'm a lot more out of shape. I'm a lot more. Okay. Out of shape. Yeah. All right. Well, I was in a lot better shape at the time. All right. All right. Doesn't show on the screen. Um. All right. Uh. And then we'll we'll close it out. So this is uh that uh, got through all of the other questions that I have. Just tell me about your favorite win or win celebration. It's the one we've kind of harped on, right? Yeah, like, of course, I got, I got to share my brother and good life experience. Like in general, like you're a part of something that actually is like in DFS lore forever. Yeah, um, and a catalyst for a lot of this industry, in my opinion, are like just from like where how much money went into that commercial and how they promoted it, and them building basically their user base around that whole situation or like for the, the way that was plastered everywhere is, I don't know. At the time it was, there was, it was great. It was stressful at times, 
It's also like something I'll never forget and definitely one of the coolest days of my life. Let me ask you this. What were you what do you think your chances were of winning going into the Monday night football game? Aguiar knew them. I'll have to ask Aguiar. He definitely okay. knew. Because like the fact that they made a whole we thing. The, we like, we had the best chance, but we just like they didn't know Jonas was gonna get the run Jonas got. If you think sure. about Jonas's ownership, like 0.06%, like Jonas would have been owned if it was this week, right? If, right? if that whole tournament, Jonas wouldn't have been, he would have been like six to fifteen percent, maybe, okay. like depending yeah. on he would have been owned. Like he would in this day and age, he is not under one percent owned. Like people would have caught on to that. The edges in NFL are super slim at this point. Um, yeah. Which why I have to really sharpen up my contest selection in NFL because. But that that was not the Monday Night Football game though, right? So you already had that locked in going into Monday Night Football. Yeah, we had it locked in. We were fading Martavis Bryant and and Lev. Oh, so you didn't have anybody in that game. So you you were leading going into Monday Night Football. We were leading. You were just fading. Okay. Martavis. We were ahead after the Eagles Green Bay game. I, what was the Sunday night? No, that the Pats were the Sunday night game. So we were leading after the Pats game. The Eagles game was the four o'clock game versus Green Bay. Um, well, it had to be. A, it was Steelers versus somebody on Monday Night Football, right? On Monday we Night fading. Football, Steelers versus Titans. We were fading Martavis, okay. Bryant, and Bell. Bryant dropped two touchdown passes. He catches one. We lose. Wow. Okay. Bell rushes for three more yards. We lose. I did not realize it was that tight. So it ended it was... up getting very tight. Yeah. Yeah, man. So we had was... like we had like our tight end was like Michael Rivera, who had like four points. I'm trying to think who our the defense was the defense against Kirk Cousins off the top of my head. I'm just I'm blanking on it currently. Okay. Um, so whoever was playing Washington yeah. at the time. AJ Green, Brandon Marshall was the last guy in. I was off the phone with him and I was just, I was hitting submit and I was like, who do I put in this last one? And I was like, Dave likes Brandon. We both were definitely on Rogers. We love that stack. We both like Jonas. Um, Jeremy Hill, I think was the other running back or uh, it could have been Mixon. I am pretty sure it was Hill. Uh, AJ green was the receiver, but yeah, that was pretty much the team. Yeah. So you're you're the only person I've ever asked that question to where it's like, oh, I actually got to see your favorite win celebration. Like it was actually televised. Uh, did, did you did you ham it up at all because the cameras were on? Like, were you celebrating extra hard or like did you or did you like downplay it a little bit because there was everybody there? Uh, we we were pretty fucked up. <laughs> okay, you were pretty drunk at that point. <laughs> so like, I don't know if we're, that might get beeped out, but we were pretty yeah. like we were going, we were drinking, we were we were just in the moment. I don't know, it was fantastic. Like to share that moment with your brother and stuff. Like, hey, it's, it's once in a lifetime thing. It's unbelievable. I mean, you shared it with your brother, and you also shared it with like the entire DraftKings. I mean, not the entire DraftKings staff, but like a good portion of the DraftKings staff. Yeah, it seems seems surreal. Our, all our is. friends, all our friends, a lot of our all our close friends were there. Family, neighborhood people. Yeah, it's pretty. It's, it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. Um, all right, well, that those are all the questions that I have for you, Bobby. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, where where can people find you? Yeah, Bobby Gomes DFS on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, work for Rotor Grinders, do content over there. Uh, yeah, it's pretty All right. Cool. So check him out, Bobby Gomes at Bobby Gomes DFS on Twitter. 
Uh, thanks again, Bobby, for joining me on episode 39 of High Stakes. Thank you, Mike Lawrence, for producing as always. You can find Mike on Twitter at AwesomeYo. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at PlayerQDFS. And you can find the next episode of High Stakes, which should be episode 40, will be the next one after this one. That will be two weeks from Friday, wherever you get your podcasts or on the Stochastic YouTube channel. Thanks for watching. Have a great weekend. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.